Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey, Blood Time listeners, this is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friends at Defense Soap. They're doing an incredible job staying on top of the world crisis that is COVID-19. Check them out if you get the chance at www.defensesoap.com. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Blood Time. This is Coach Cimarroni. Um, welcome back. I want to thank my guest of last week, John Gramuglia, who came from a story program at John Carroll University, had the opportunity to coach him, and then went on to build his own story program at Wadsworth. The stories were amazing, and he's, he's built a legendary program the school, the public school that won and broke the uh, string of private school state championship wins uh, in 2010 and has still has a top uh, 30 team in the country. Uh, John Gramuglia, thank you. Today I have an absolute legend sitting uh, to my right. I'm very honored to have uh, this man in, um, in the studio. He is a former Ohio State wrestler, former Maple Heights wrestler, former coach at Kent State University, and built a storied, incredibly storied program at Notre Dame College. Welcome, Frank Romano. Thanks a lot. Hey, Coach, Thanks how you doing? Good, doing, good. Doing good today? Good day. Great. I want to I jump right into uh, some questions I have. I have a lot of questions for you. Frank, I had the opportunity to um, uh, watch you coach mm-hmm. at Maple when I was an assistant coach at Beechwood. Right. I, I spent some time in your practice room. Uh, picked up some things there, uh, and then you went on to coach at Kent State. Yeah, I was at Kent State for 22 years. Uh, I was Coach Ron Gray, mm-hmm. was in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame as a distinguished member for 15 years. I was his assistant. Yep. And then uh, I became the head coach for seven years, and then I, I retired. Right. I've actually retired twice, but that was the first time I retired. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so I had spent. 11 years prior coaching in high school, and then 22, yeah, 22. See, after 33 years, I retired. Okay. That was in 2003. Sure. Then the opportunity out of the blue, which I really didn't think much of at the time because uh, I was retired. Right. And um, I was actually sitting in a coffee shop, and I was reading The Plain Dealer, which right. not many people read anymore. But yeah, too bad now it's a pamphlet, right? <laughs> Three-day pamphlet. It was this little blurb sentence in the sports section that Notre Dame, little Notre Dame College, which I really never had heard of, sure. was starting a wrestling program, and I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. I actually thought yeah. it was, um, you know, like comical. So then I went home, and I was thinking about it, and I thought, yeah, hmm, that's interesting. I can't hurt to inquire, so sure. I uh, inquired, yeah. and um, I had a really good friend uh, uh, help me uh, with, because uh, I hadn't made out a resume in a quarter of a century. Yes. So, so I had to <laughs> update the resume, and, and my right. friend Henry Risch, who was the superintendent at Maple Heights at the time, yeah. um, put together a resume, and I had a meeting with um, the AD, Okay. and um, then it went from there, Right. and uh, so we started. Yeah. And then, you know, 
What year did you start? Five or uh, six? Uh, the first season was 2006 7. Six, seven. That's that was the school yeah. year, 6 yeah. 7. Yeah. And the first year, uh, we finished, uh, we were NAIA, which yeah. you know, is National yeah. Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, right. which a lot of people aren't familiar with because most everybody's familiar with the NCAA. Right. The first year in NAIA, we finished uh, 20th. Okay. And the second year, we finished 13th. Yep. Then the third year, we finished 5th. Then wow. in the fourth year, we, we won the national team title. Yep. We won the national duels. And then we start winning, and we won nine titles totally. We sure. moved to... We moved to... Well, you had to, to go to club, right? Because yeah, we went to, to club for one year, yeah. uh, a hiatus year for one year. So I entered the club national right. format. We won that. And then the next year, we got into D2, and uh, we finished... Um, we won D2 four times. Right. Twice we won the national duels. Twice we won the team title. Plus we finished second uh, three times. Wow! The lowest we ever finished in we were in, we were in D two for 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. We were in D two seven years. We won four titles. Right. Finished second three times. Holy cow! Uh, we we did finish my last year, which was last year. We did finish fourth. Okay. That was the lowest. Okay. Finished ever in any national tournament. How many national champs did you have? Eighteen. And then you had the yeah. the uh, the yeah. ultimate guy, Joey. <laughs> yeah, Davis, we had Joey right? Davis. He was the best wrestler uh, in D two in the history of D two. What was his record? One thirty three and zero. You know, you started in you started your career in one of the greatest historical programs mm -hmm. of all time. Yes. In yeah. anywhere in the country, yeah, Maple, Maple Heights, Heights yeah. with Big Mike Milkovich. <clears throat> You were the captain of that team, and then you yeah. went on to matriculate at Ohio State. Tell me a little bit about that team at Met Maple back in the, the 50s and 60s, yeah. I believe. I can tell you that. Uh, I could say this now because it's over. Right. But I, I never was on a team in junior high or high school that lost a dual meet. Oh, my gosh. I never lost a dual meet myself okay. in junior high or high school. Okay. And so we won every meet, and in my three years, we were state champs my senior year. Mm -hmm. The team was. Yes. I won two state titles. Right. Uh, the team was second in 64. The first state title I won in 65, we were second. In 66, we won it. And we only had three place winners. Huh. Mike Jr., sure. one of my best friends, he sure. was state champ. I was state champ. And we had a, a Carl, Carsepola, was fourth. Okay. Uh, and a couple of uh, team members won some matches. But we only had three place winners. So that's how tight the, the Yeah. The, the in those days, was, yeah. there was only 11 weight classes. Okay. There was only four places. And the scoring system was 10, 7, 4, 2. So if you had three place winners, especially two champs, you could win it. But that was everybody was together. Everybody's all the every, schools. There was no there was separation. No separation. It was right. all yeah. one division. Right. And there was only eleven weight classes. And on top of it, you the format for the tournaments were, if you didn't lose to a finalist, you were out. Yep. So if you got to the semis and lost, you could wrestle back. Okay. But if you didn't get to the semis, you were out. Right. There were no wrestlebacks. There right. was there was no wrestlebacks. Yep. You had to lose to a finalist. Yep. And also in the districts tournament, the year, the tournament before the state meet, generally you had to win the district or come second. Everybody else was out. Yep. Matter of fact, in one year, in that time frame in '64, they had a tournament which was the district tournament, which had the following format: it was a 16-man bracket. Okay. If you didn't get to the semis, you were out. And there were no wrestlebacks, and the guys who lost for third, who lost in the semis, wrestled for third and fourth, and only the first and second guys went to the state meet. Right. So the tournament was over real quick. Yeah, it was so a gauntlet. There, there was, it was an there, absolute. Gauntlet. There was no yeah. wrestlebacks. Yeah. yeah. 
period. Yep. Now, even for the because the guys who lost in the semis wrestled for third and fourth. Right. That was just it. as a consolation match. Yeah, I remember that because at D one and yeah. D back in the day when mm-hmm. I was wrestling, mm-hmm. that was the Nordonia district. Yeah. Same thing. When when yeah. uh, small yeah. school A and double yeah. A were together, and only yeah. two guys came out two of that district. Was ridiculous. It was very yeah. very unfair. Very unfair. Uh, yeah. a, a guy, for example, could win every match throughout right. the whole year. Right. And get in that tournament, and lose just one bout, and you're out. Yeah. So, so not that very was, fair. So that was the start of that incredible run. How yeah. many how many state championships did Maple? Uh, Maple Heights won uh, ten state titles under Coach Melkovich. Yes, and eight seconds. He was there uh, twenty seven years. Wow! And he had uh, eight titles. Excuse right. me, ten titles and eight seconds. I'll be asked. Yeah. What 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 was, what was the the penultimate thing that Mike brought to the sport? Uh, there was the there were several ingredients. One was. Um, yeah, a lot of kids who were willing, you know, blue collar, blue sure. collar community and yep. uh, second generation uh, kids. You know, most of the parents were most born in this country, yeah. but their their parents weren't. And, okay, and okay. So second generation Americans, right? Hard workers. Big Mike was ingenious in putting together a system, uh, which I used the whole okay. time. I I coached for fifty years, and yep. and I used the same system. Of course, you you. you you tweak it here and there because of the style. Trust the process, people, right? Yeah, Trust the, the, the process. process. The process was yeah. that we drilled and we did certain moves and he, he, he uh, made sure we spent an, an inordinate amount of time on our feet in practice. Okay. So we got good at, at takedowns. Okay. Takedowns are the key. Takedowns are still the key. Sure. I don't care where you're from freestyle or collegiate or high right. school. If, you, if I could take you down and you can't take me down mm-hmm. and I can get away from you, I got to get away I got because yeah. I'm going to have to be down probably at some point maybe. Right. Uh, I'm probably going to beat you. Yep. And, um, and that's a system that every person who ever coached who wrestled at Mayplites used. Sure. Everybody. Sure. I mean, because I know them all for the last 50 years anyway. Right. And that's uh, then he had uh, he had a great feel for how to handle people. Okay. He would know what button to push. Each kid's different, you know. Sure. Some some kids you can you know challenge. Some kids you 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 have to do something else. And right. you know there were there were a lot of different things that he did that were instinctive and um, that were just his personality. He was forceful. He was very forceful. I heard he was real charismatic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just commanded a room. Like a Pied Piper. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, yeah. big, if Big Mike said something, then you did it. Sure. I mean, I can could, I could remember him saying things to me that were just, they just hit hit the spot. I sure. Mean, sure. I mean, it just, he was it. Yep. <laughs> he was it. And most everybody who wrestled for him, if not everybody, felt the same way. You know, it's interesting, yeah. too, because I, I, you know, one of your dear friends, Dominic Imarino, yes. who was my head coach, yes. really had that same philosophy, probably yeah. learned it from Mike yeah. or yeah. from you or from, yeah. you know, whatever. But, you know, Beach was great on their feet. Yeah, you know, got to be good on um, your feet. And then you, right. a guy like Graham Coghill, same kind of thing. You know, they were mm-hmm. takedown experts. Mm-hmm. Not also, they were beat. They were they were very physical as well yeah. at, at Chanel. Yeah. But you saw that same vein going yeah. through those. So he was really kind of like the cradle of coaches yeah. Yeah. that he brought that that system to. And you know, it's interesting when I think about my coaching career. Mm-hmm. I love the takedown. Yeah, you you have to be good at your feet. I mean, you, you're. Just, I mean, and, and even the way the freestyles going sure. now, they've, they've made takedowns worth two points. Sure, it's twice as many as they were before. And, yes, and if you're really good, you know, you might never be in the down position. But it's also a way to break a guy too. Yeah, kind of, take, you know, yeah. just take him down, yeah. let him out, take him out. Yeah. You know, then you all of a sudden this guy's like, doggone yeah. it, I'm right. out of the match. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that was it. And, and and you were you were on that team. Mm-hmm. You you then, 
Did you have the opportunity to, to wrestle with Tom and with uh, Pat yeah, I, When Tom was uh, a freshman, I was a senior. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I believe uh, that Tom probably would have won the same state title I won as a senior. He was okay. that tough. Okay. Yeah, he was tough. Gotcha. I mean, but back then, Melvin freshmen couldn't wrestle, right? He couldn't. Yeah, run. no, he freshmen. Uh, the freshmen couldn't wrestle. Okay. Uh, our high school at the time, May Place, was a four, a three-year high school, gotcha. 10, 11, and twelve. Gotcha. Same when I wrestled, when Tommy wrestled. Right. Of course, no one ever defeated Tom in high school or junior high. Gotcha. Yeah, Tom was very tough, and uh, uh, he went on to prove that. But he recently actually got into the Michigan State Hall of Fame. I went up there with. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and I went up there to support him, and uh, with with my good friend Derek Beckany and. And all his brothers were there, and he, Tom gave a great speech. I mean, he just class all the way. Yeah, know, I had just, a I had a chance to uh, have a just a brief intimate conversation with him mm-hmm. at uh, his father's funeral. Yes, and he was very gracious. He was yeah. so happy yeah. that I came. Right. I was like, "Wow, yeah. me?" Yeah. You yeah. know, it was really cool. He was and very gracious guy. When he when he gave a speech when he got inducted into the Michigan State Hall of Fame, he started out the speech by talking about his younger brother. Oh, not about him. Okay. Talked about Pat, how great Pat was. Sure. Because he was the youngest national champ in the history of collegiate wrestling, which would probably hold that record forever because he right. was only 17 in about seven or eight months. And so just sure. a very gracious speech, and uh, everybody applauded him for it, and uh, and uh, he could wrestle. And, <laughs> and yeah, and you know, we, we talk about Pat. Pat yeah. was second twice, yeah. champion twice. Pat was a four-time finalist. Right. Uh, two firsts, two seconds. He's in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's a sure. distinguished member like his dad. And, um, yeah, great that's family. An, it's an amazing. Yeah, ma- amazing. amazing, yeah. And then you get the yeah. you get the job. Yeah. You get the job. Mike ret- yeah. retires, yeah. and you get the job as the yeah. head coach at Maple. Well, I, How did that feel? Uh, well, I, I wanted that job. Um, sure. After spending um, – I started out at St. Ed's as sure. an assistant. Uh, actually, Big Mike That's got me. That's a terrible me. program, yeah. too. Yeah. Saying well, it was, at, at the time, <laughs> at the it, time was. it was. At the time, yeah, it was. Yeah, was it? We had like yeah. 12 guys on the team. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, uh, Big Mike got me that job. Okay. When I came home from school that spring, he said, do you want a job? I said, well, that's you know one of the reasons I went to college. I want to yeah. be a teacher and a yeah. coach. Yeah. And so he says, you you drive over to St. Ed's, and uh, you talk to the people over there, and sure. you, you got a job. That so that's what I did, and I went over there. And Ferguson was nowhere in sight at the time. Right. Joe Figler right. was the coach. Right. He's deceased now. And I talked with the AD, and uh, uh, and I became the assistant coach. And Tom Cousineau was on the team. I'll be darned. Tom was uh, a freshman. Yeah. And he was a 126-pounder, if you can oh, believe that. Oh, my God. Tom Cousineau in a, is a freshman, and if he's, here, if he's listening to this, he'll, he'll yeah. be laughing. Uh, he was a 126-pounder, and so he sure. was a little guy like me. And we'd wrestle every day. You know, he was just a freshman in high school. I mean, yeah. He was like, you know. Yeah. But then later on, he was heavyweight. and. Yeah, and he, he took fourth. Two, 226 pounds. Exactly. And, he t- and he took fourth that yeah. year. It was my senior year in yeah. high school, and he lost a goal like in the semis, correct? Yeah, he lost a goal. He, he, he uh, was in the state meet and placed in the state, and he was like 100 pounds better. We, you know, that was my first job. And then I was at Kenston for two years, and we had a, we had a good run. Uh, we were fourth well, in the state. That's another story yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Zane Gorby I, was I got there, the, right? I got the job uh, right after the state Zane? championship. Yeah, right I, I went there in 73. Okay. And they won the title in 72. Right. So I was an assistant for the first year with, with Zing Gorby. And that was then, with Ralph Graham and uh, uh, Tony DiGiovanni. Uh, was Tony uh, on the no, team? No, Tony and, and Ralph had graduated. Oh, they had graduated. Okay. They had graduated already, but I had Albert. Gotcha. And Albert was my first state champ. Sure. He was yeah. state champ in 1974. Right. And then I left Kenston and I went to Elyria. And I got that job because of the story I told you with uh, sure. uh, with uh, ben, Vince Matucci. Another Hall uh, of Famer. Yeah, Vince Matucci's in the Ohio Wrestling Hall of Fame. And I was at Leary for three years. And then 
you know, I knew Big Mike was retiring, and, and sure. I knew that Mike Jr. did not want to um, take over the reins. So right. I applied, and um, and I got the job. And um, so I was there four years, mm-hmm. and then um, after being there four years, I taught two more years, but that's when I started at Kent State. Sure. I yeah. actually started at Kent State as a volunteer. Okay. I, I uh, was a volunteer. Which is, you know, it, which is very common. Yeah. I, I was yeah. a volunteer at John yeah. Carroll until I got the GA yeah. position. So it was very common at the college mm-hmm. level. To, to, yeah. to Tell me about yeah. that philosophy of, about being a, a volunteer. What did that, yeah. well, what did that mean to uh, you? What I did was, when I knew I was leaving Maple Heights, I, uh, I actually talked to all three, to be perfectly honest, I yeah. talked with all three college coaches in the Cleveland area because I wanted to coach in college. Yep. I talked to Dick Bonacci. Sure. I talked to Tony DiCarlo, and I talked to Ron Gray. And the first person that came and so said— So Bonacci, just yeah. to paint it, Bonacci's yeah. the head coach at yes. Cleveland State. Yes. DiCarlo, and, of course, yes. Hall of Famer John Carroll. John Carroll. And of Ron Gray at the And Kent Ron State. Gray, who's sure. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so they're all Hall members. Famers. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> exactly. it uh, worked out best, and I went to Kent because I was in graduate school at Kent. So okay. I thought this would work out good. So the first two years um, as a volunteer, and then I got hired all right. as— uh, uh, assistant coach, okay. and then I stayed 15 years as, as Ron's assistant, assistant coach. coach. Sure. And um, actually, what really occurred after 15 years is that um, we switched roles. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, yeah. Gray uh, came up with the idea, Coach right. Gray, and we switched roles. And then for two more years, uh, Ron continued to coach, and then I stayed seven years. Yes. And then I retired in 2003. Okay. And then at, at 2003, I, I still wanted to, you know, pat my finger in the, in the pie a little bit. So right. I contacted my good friend Dick Bliss. Sure. And I went over to Aurora and was a volunteer there. Yeah. For three years. Yeah. yeah that Dick was a they had good teams. really good. Well, that's, that's when they, they took good teams. They yeah. took third. Yeah. In, yeah. in 02. Yeah. Or 03. Yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. what year it was, but Beachwood yeah. took fourth. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they had a good run. And yeah. in, uh, I think it was. I might be wrong on the year, but in the 90s. Uh, no, Aurora, actually, Beecher took second yeah. to them, I think. They took second. Yeah. Uh, Aurora yeah. won one state title, yes. team title. Yes. And then I stayed three years with Dick Bliss, uh, who's in the Ohio Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes, also. he is. Um, then the, the opportunity started at Notre Dame. And yeah. so, uh, and, and I hired Anthony Ralph uh, be, only because, uh, well, he Anthony wrestled for me. Sure. Anthony is a distant cousin of mine. Okay. And when uh, I first became aware of Anthony Ralph, my mother was a great wrestling fan when, when she was alive. She lived to be 96. Oh, fantastic. She was a great wrestling fan. She would come to the Big Ten tournament. She came to the national sure. tournament that I wrestled in and all the matches when she could. And my father came too. And she told me uh, when I was at uh, Kent, she said, you know, we have a cousin, yeah. distant cousin, who wrestles. I go, really? Okay. What's his name? Yeah. She goes, Ralph. I go, Ralph. Huh. Well, you know, how's that? Uh, yeah, how's, how's that? <laughs> so she goes, no, you don't understand. His mother yeah. is a relative of ours. Oh, okay, yeah. so okay. I go. So I start watching him, you know, because yeah. I was recruiting yeah. all the time. He took second as a freshman. Right. And then later on, he won two titles, two state titles. And yes. so he was the first person I signed to come to Kent uh, to wrestle. And he won the MAC for, for me. Fantastic. And um, he was captain of the team. Yeah. And um, so, and I hadn't seen him once he graduated yep. for a long time. And he sent an email. As I picked it up, and the, luckily he sent a phone number because I really wasn't too computer literate at the right. time. And so I called on the phone. I said, Aunt, how are you? I yeah. haven't talked to you. He goes, you know, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm volunteering at um, 
Chanel, and sure. uh, he, he helped. He was like Jager's personal coach. Oh, gotcha. He was yeah. Jay's personal yeah. coach, yeah. Yeah. and because you know, he went to Chanel too. Sure. And uh, he said, "I own a painting company." I go, "Well, how'd you like to be a college coach?" Wow. And he said, "Yeah." So I heard him right over the phone. I said, yeah. "I'm not gonna be able to pay you much money, but you know, yeah, we're gonna start this program." And you know, I I knew, I knew Anthony, and Anthony and I were friends. We're still friends to this day. Sure. Good friends. And um, so that's how we started. And he just started out part time, yeah. and then we started moving. It's such a fast pace that I, I was able to make him full-time assistant. And he really and, knows how to recruit. Yeah, we sat down because, yeah. you know, at the time, Anthony really never coached college or recruited because he's sure. never been a coach. We sat down and we had some couple couple major tenants that, that we I always worked with, Okay. Uh, especially since we were D2. I said, number one, don't when you go out recruiting, try to recruit the best guy you see. Don't, okay. don't be intimidated. Because he's won four state titles or three state titles right, or two right. state titles. I like that. Because there's a lot of people uh, might want to go to a small school. Yeah, And sure. second of all, you know, we had a lot of money because we they gave us the full complement, which was nine scholarships. Yeah, no, that's, that's a lot. Not a lot. It's, yep. a, it's not every year, but nine was the maximum in NAI and, and maximum in D2. And I said, yeah. I said, if you see a guy who maybe, you know, someone in the Big Ten is recruiting and they're going to give him 20%, We'll throw a full ride at them, and we'll see. Yeah. You know, money talks; nobody sure. walks. Sure. And so, when the parents get involved, and they say, "Well, this school over here is giving us a full ride, and over there, <laughs> they're right. giving us twenty percent." Now, it's very yeah. prestigious to wrestle in the Big Ten. I know all about that because I wrestled in the Big Ten. Yeah. But money is still money. Yeah. So we 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 worked with, and he worked very well with those two tenants. And then he was he was relentless, sure. and relentless, twenty four seven. All the social media, yep. very personable, yep. and it worked. And it worked from the standpoint he did, you know, big bulk of the work, and I was pretty much the closer. You were the because, closer, yeah. yeah because yeah, that's set, usually so how it works. he set the table really set nice. Set the table. Yep, yep. And he would find people like, you know, he found Joey Davis. Sure. Found Joey Davis. <laughs> yep. And, you know, when, and, when Joey Davis is in California, I mean. Yeah. And, and the day that we made the decision, uh, the father called, Mr. Davis called, and yes. told Anthony, if you don't come out here, like, right now. Yeah. We're not coming. So Anthony wow. went right to the airport. I said, I don't care what it costs. You know, go to the airport, okay. fly to California. Yeah. He, he did. And he got a verbal from him and he flew right back. Well, this is, <laughs> this is an amazing this is an amazing story because yeah. here you got Anthony Ralph, mm -hmm. who now is basically the recruiter for House State. They had the number okay. one recruiting class in the country last year. It's an amazing, amazing yeah. story. Mm -hmm. Coming basically from mm -hmm. just, yes. you know, just right. humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. And then bringing in Joey yeah. Davis, mm -hmm. who is the only mm -hmm. undefeated. Right. 133, you know, and oh, Rutherford in Best guy in history. ever, probably. So there, there's your two amazing success right, stories, right, yeah. you know, conf <laughs> right. you know, right. coming together in one, basically. And phone I, call. I've, I've told Anthony the following. I said, you, you've had the number one recruiting class in the country in D1. Jeez. We've had, we had six years in a row, we had the number one recruiting class in the country in D2. Right. He had the number one recruiting class in the country in NAI. So in three divisions, uh, and w when you have the number one recruiting class in D2, yeah. or D3 or any I JUCO, what they do is in D1, it's just D1, right? Top 25 recruiting classes. In the other poll, which is done by Danny Fickle, yes, they combine junior college, mm. NAI, D2, and D3. And he got that. And we were six years in a row, yeah, six years in a row. It wasn't even close, really. Yeah, great recruiter. And that's how you win. You win, sure. You, I mean, you have to coach. I mean, you have to, no doubt. you have to coach them. There's yeah. no doubt about that, yeah, but. If you don't get the material, it's hard to win. Sure. At, at a at a high level. Yeah. And so that's we were getting great material, and you know that doesn't mean everything went perfect, but um, but uh, 
if you don't get the material, you can't coach it. There's no question about it. And you know, I've I've been on the opposite end where I've revived programs, and mm-hmm. boy, that is just yeah, sometimes it's, it's just crucial. brutal. Yeah, it's, it's if you don't brutal. get yeah. good guys, and yeah. um, you know, because you have to have that lead dog too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, somebody to show work ethic. Like, um, just recently we, yeah. we released the Ryan Peters mm-hmm. episode, the greatest work ethic I've ever seen mm-hmm. in any level, and I've I've had the opportunity to coach at the college level too. And all of a sudden, you see some guys going out, and they're they're eighty eighty five percent of him, and they're they're making state yeah. because they have that yeah. same work. They see the lead dog doing what it takes, and then they, they come aboard. Yeah, you have to have to that work that. work ethic. If if you don't, then you have very little chance of succeeding. Even if you're a great, even if you have great talent. Yes, a lot of people with great talent. Sure, but you know, not that many people with great work ethic. You know, and and Frank, that leads me to some of the questions. You know, I you you, you shared the the craziest mm-hmm. Don Horning story. Yeah. where you thought you were going to get a, a national finalist, maybe a yeah. national champion when you were at Kent, yeah. and he got pinned at 659. Yeah. But that's not that's not work ethic. That was no, just this, a, a freak. freak yeah, it was a freaky thing. You know, the match against Bonomo in the semis that right. year, and I think it was um, it was 85, if I if Yeah, because he, he graduated in 83. Yeah. Or he, he came from, from, from Wallace, See, Donnie, right? Donnie went originally, he won two state titles at Wallace Jesuit, and then right. he went to Northwestern. Okay. And as a freshman... At Northwestern, he was fifth in the Big Ten, and then he had some academic issues. And right. like a long story short, then he, he had to leave, and then he came back from Northwestern, and then he had to leave again. And we picked him up, and we had him for um, two national tournaments. Okay. But actually only a year and a half, eligibility-wise. He took third because he lost in the semis. The next year, it was it – was, um, he was kind of a tweener between 18 and 26. He couldn't sure. really get down to 18 again. Got yeah. down as low as 21, uh, and so he ended up going 26, and he, and he yeah. finished seventh. Okay. So he was a little small for the weight. Well, so just re- 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 yeah. recap that story. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that, the, that year he, uh, the, year, the year he came yeah. to Kent State from Northwestern, he had to sit for a whole year. He had to get his grades up. Right, and so he was what they call he had he was ineligible, yeah. And he so he but he did wrestle unattached and opens and so forth. And that first year, uh, you know, um, he said uh, you're gonna you know wrestle in the Midlands. You could wrestle in the Midlands unattached, and so right. he did. Right. So you know, in those days, we're talking thirty odd years ago. Sure. Uh, there was no media the way it is today, and no. so I remember him coming back from the Midlands, and yeah. and I remember talking to him. I said, so so how'd you do? Yeah. You know, he entered on his own, sure. unattached, one eighteen. He goes, uh, I won. I go, what? You, you won the Midlands? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I won the Midlands. I go, really? I said, That's and crazy. he said, I also was OW. I said, oh, you were gosh. OW? He goes, yeah, I pinned the Oki State guy in the finals. And I go, seriously? He goes, yeah, seriously. That's it wild. was just like, so he yeah, won, like no he won the Midlands. Yeah, it was like no big no deal. deal. Yeah. So, so and he's he had the a guy, OW besides He was that, OW yeah. in the Midlands. Yeah. So, uh, so then the next, the, the next year he was eligible the second semester. That's when he took third. And then the following tell, year, tell, me, so. tell, tell us that story. Well, how he got we, in the semis ended, yeah. against Bonomo, and you right. know Bonomo ended up in his career being a three-time champ, three-time right. Division One national champ. And he had Bonomo nine to three oh in the gosh. semis. There were twelve seconds left, and we were getting real nervous because we think he's going to win. I mean, you're winning nine sure. to three with twelve seconds and left. Twelve yeah. seconds left. Yeah. Went off the mat, came back to the center, and we, we know he's going to stand up. He's not just going to, you know, flatten out. He's going to still try to get out because, you know, burn the twelve seconds. And um, he stood up, real good stand-up, and right. Bonomo did, you know, this is radio, you can't see it or anything, right. but if you could picture this, Bonomo let him stand up, and then he backed off, yeah. and he, he, he shoved both of his arms under Horning's armpits, 
Yes. And kicked him with his knee, which is a move which you very rarely ever see. Right. Kicked him with his knee. Horning's body went parallel to the ground, about five feet off the ground. Holy he let him God. drop through the hole, and he hit him with a reverse half and stuck him. Unbelievable. And then that's how the match ended. At 6.59. Yeah. And it's it, just the crazy. We, we were story. stunned. Yeah. And then, of course, Bonoma went on to win in the finals. Yeah. If there'd have been, you know, it, it was such a huge score. There were no tech falls back then. And right. There were no majors, but he no. won on a huge, huge score yeah. on a guy who Donnie had beaten during the year. Sure. So, you know, uh, but then he, he roared back and it was hard yeah. because, you know, uh, yeah. he was devastated and he took third. That's so crazy. then the next year, he ended up having to go up a weight and he ended up seventh. Okay. And he, he was OW in the MAC. Yeah. Pinned everybody in the. Yeah. In the Years he was in the MAC, the two years, and yeah, I thought he was one of the best kids. The coach Gray was the head coach, sure, at the time that we had because he was two-time national champ. But another good story would be would be Doug Dake. Oh uh, yes, because Kyle Dake, uh, who's four-time champ, well, Doug was the first state champion from Westlake. That's correct. And I coached yes, against him yes, at the Kenston correct. tournament. That's I correct. Think, back in 1980. First, wait, first, first yeah. state champ for Westlake. Yeah. And 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 I'm not saying this because I I love Doug Dake and Kyle Dake's his son and right. Bit, but in that freak year, yeah, there was that there was that there was what's his face from uh, St. Ed's. Okay. Kalski. Kalski. The resident yeah. destroyer. He was he yeah. was, he was real animal. tough. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was real tough. Yeah. And Kalski in the state meet yeah. slammed the guy. Yes. Got DQ'd. Yes, he did. I got remember DQ'd. That. I remember and that. you know And it was the big the, talk of the, the big tournament. Big talk of the tournament, yep. you know, because he was a big favorite. I mean, sure. Dake was very good. Right. And, and but Kalski was a is it animal? Yeah, he it was a prohibitive fa uh, favorite, yep. and he got DQ'd, and then right. Doug won the title. Yep. yep. So Doug uh, goes to Ball State. Right. And uh, he was very good. Yes. And um, you know, there was another kid on the team uh, uh, at Ball State named uh, Baker. Okay. Ron Baker. So, but uh, we were sitting at the um, Coach Gray and I were sitting at the West Virginia Open, and mm -hmm. we knew that they were dropping wrestling, so we made a run. Coach Gray made a run at both of them, and we we, we recruited. Uh, Ron Baker and Doug Dake, and they came over to Kent for two sure. years. They both won the MAC both years. Right. And Ronnie Baker actually was the OW in the MAC that one year. Huh. And then Doug, his senior year for us, was seventh. He was all American. Oh, okay. Pinned okay. the guy for seventh place. That's and then years later, yes. obviously years later, <laughs> That's right. when his son was a freshman at Cornell, yes. I was for some reason not putting two and two together because you know everybody yeah. was talking about Dake. Yeah. And we were at the national duels. At Northern Iowa, and uh, he was wrestling for Cornell, uh, Doug's son, yeah. and he was doing really well. And and uh, and someone said to me, "Well, that that's Doug's son." I go, yeah. "Really? Holy cow! Really? Oh my God!" And then I yeah. saw Doug, and I goes, "Is that your son?" He goes, "Yeah, he's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, he is pretty good. He is pretty <laughs> and good." He won four titles in four different weights, and yep. he's a wonderful family. Yes. See, the story is that the father, the grandfather, right, Doug Dake's father, they're from Ithaca. Okay. They're from Ithaca, New York. They're a gotcha. wrestling family. Gotcha. His father was actually Doug Dake's father. Kyle Dake's grandfather was mm -hmm. the wrestling coach at Westlake. Okay. And he was in Cleveland. Sure. And that's how Doug and his family were in Cleveland, but they were originally from Ithaca. I oh, gotcha. And then, um, you know, once uh, Doug graduated, he married a, a woman who was a gymnast at Kent. Now, they, they live back. I'm pretty, I'm not sure if they're back in Ithaca or they're in Cleveland. Uh, I haven't seen Doug in a while. Right. Um, and another ironic story is when, when, Doug Dake had Kyle when he yeah. was like two or three years old. You know, he brought him into the wrestling room at Cornell. Okay. 
Okay. And the coach at the time said, wouldn't it be nice if your son could wrestle for us? Oh, and he was like two or three years old. That is so funny. And look at, how's that for irony? Yeah. That's that two is, stories. That is incredible. <laughs> that is an incredible story. It's yeah. amazing, you know, the six degrees of separation in wrestling yeah. is one, two. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's you know, very I, close. I, Everybody's uh, very close. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, of course, you you had the opportunity. You were, I believe, a captain at Ohio State. I was a captain twice at Ohio State. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Which uh, My junior and senior year. And you yeah. wrestled, yeah. obviously, in the Big Tens. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a great career there. Yeah. You know, tell me, I want to I want to circle back to you know the Nor- Notre Dame mm-hmm. uh, dynasty that you created. There has to be some, you know. Obviously, you had national champs. You had mm-hmm. Joey Davis. You had Anthony Ralph on your on your uh, Sonny Marchetti. All those cats that came together and just had this A team, mm-hmm. A plus team of mm-hmm. coaches and athletes mm-hmm. and everything. But there's also got to be that story. Mm-hmm. This is what blood time is all about. Mm-hmm. We are blood. That you took a kid that maybe this was his fifth chance, I don't know, tenth chance, second chance. We had a lot of those. Whatever. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we had know, a lot of those. I, I call it second chance you. Yeah, Some guys could chance. call it last yeah. chance you. Yeah. Whatever whatever it yeah. is. We had a lot of those. But, but now that guy, he, you get him into the room. Yeah. You get him on the right path. He does his thing, mm-hmm. and now he's doing some things out into the real world. Yeah. Tell, is there a story like that you'd yeah, like to we share? Yeah, have, we have several people. Like us. We have Charles Mason. He's the head coach down at, um, uh, in Cincinnati at uh, Mount St. Joe's. Oh, darn. We have a lot of people coaching, Pelton coaches, sure. Mo Miller coaches, yep. uh, Kobe Fear coaches. Uh, a lot of our kids early on were transfers. The first, sure. the first three or four years, we had transfers from Edinburgh, Lock Haven, wow. uh, Eastern Michigan, who's who? Central Michigan, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> well, heck, Jake, was, Jake Goodwin, my assistant coach, yeah, was he, Drexel. He, Drexel, right? yeah, yeah, throw him in there. Sure. Uh, we had a lot of kids who wrestled in D1 and then, then came down to the D2 and were successful. Sure. And, you know, uh, that's hard to do because, you know, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just not easy because no, you got to get adjusted to it new system and new school and wrestling is always hard no matter what level you're wrestling right so but that's how we started out and then later on uh, we we still had quite a bit of that but it was more uh, recruiting right out of high school is there anybody that stands out in your mind anybody that you just say well this guy just didn't have a shot and all of a sudden he's doing something uh one of one of our best projects is kobe fear okay kobe fear was from barberton yes and uh, he went to uh lake erie college Okay. And that didn't work out too good. Gotcha. And he came to us, and he ended up uh, being a two-time All-American and graduating. And now wow. he helps coach, and he is a, really a good person. Yes. And and he had some things that, you know, it was hard. Sure. It was hard, really hard. You know, he came – not many not many Barberton kids go to college. No. Or let alone the be magics, athletes. Right? The yeah, magics, they, they play right? basketball. They yeah, don't wrestle. The magics, I mean, yeah. And Dave was his coach and sure. Dave Mariello Jr., who's now at Walsh Jesuit, Terrific was his coach. Guy. And he was he yeah. was very he really liked Dave a lot and he was his, his mentor and then and then um I, I would see Kobe Fear as one of one of our best projects and, and probably probably the story I told you about uh, uh Eric Berge, that's was a good story. Yes. Because Eric Berge yeah. <laughs> Eric Berge who Wow. Eric Berge, like he 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 uh, did not wrestle his senior year because they they threw him out of school, yeah. and 
so he, he ended up going to William Penn, which is a little tiny NAI school in, in Iowa. Yeah. Because I asked him once, I said, why'd you go to William Penn? I mean, yeah. Western yeah. Pennsylvania, so you're really funny. good. Yeah. You know, he goes, well, yeah, I had to go somewhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and why we recruited him to yeah. come uh, is because Pelton beat him. Gotcha. Pelton beat him one year in the semis. And we, sure. thought, we thought he was pretty tough. Sure. And fortunately, we got him. So, so there were a lot, a lot of stories that, um, you know, that uh, that ended up pretty good. Well, Frank, you know that that's what this is all about. Yeah. That's what coaching is. Is it's you know it's that it's that moment in time that yeah, all yeah. of a sudden that that young man says, "Holy cow." Somebody yeah. believes in me. Yeah, that, somebody can put word. me on the right yeah. path. Yeah. Somebody's going to have my back. Yeah, that's really you know? important. And and yeah. so you know, well, you've come from from programs that, I mean, Mike, right, Nokovic, he had your back. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he had your back. He, he yeah. was a taskmaster, yeah, right. but he, he had, had your back. Your back. No and, about it. and he respected. I think that you were that warrior that was willing to step on the yeah. mat every day and and put your you know yeah. put your reputation on the line. Yeah, because when you you know in sports. Right. You stick your neck out, you can get a cut off. Absolutely, especially in our sport, <laughs> every, right? Every every day, it's a very humbling sport. It's to a very say the least. honest sport. Yeah, very, very honest. Very honest. Sport. Very yeah. humbling. Yes, it is for everybody. It is. It is. It's an, it's amazing too because you know I see a little bit of trash talking come yeah. into our sport. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you, you trash talk? You can't sport? do that. It's the craziest. You can thing. do it, but it's yeah, not going to go. You're going to really get. You know, <laughs> not going to go real far. It's a funny story. You know, um, I, I'm good friends with Neil Cordwich. Yeah, I think you know Neil. I know Neil. Yeah, and he was. Stephen Neal's, Stephen Neal's, right? Stephen Neal's agent. Oh yeah. And he went yeah, to, yeah. and he's, I think, I believe he's also Belichick's agent. He went to Belichick. Said, you know, you gotta give this guy a shot. Yeah. And Belichick yeah. said, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and Belichick says to this day, that is the hardest working guy I ever had in my, yeah. in my, on my team. Well, I believe Se- that. And the only, se- the second guy was mm-hmm. Edelman. Yeah. Okay. Right. Edelman. Uh, another Kent guy. M- MVP at the Super Bowl. Another Kent guy. Another Kent guy. Another <laughs> quarterback for Kent. But right. there was a story where uh, I think I think I may have told this in, a, in another uh, broadcast, but where uh, McGinnis, mm-hmm. Willie McGinnis, the, mm-hmm. the he was a badass uh, middle linebacker, was mm-hmm. talking uh, talking trash to Neil. Oh, you're a wrestler, this and that, blah blah blah. And Neil just put him on his head, <laughs> yeah. just suplexed him right on his head. And from that point on, That's he that. was the guy. He was the guy, right? You know. So it's interesting how we we all. You know, kind of matriculate through life, right? But but having said all that, you know, um, I, I really want to thank you for being that guy. Thank you. You know, being that guy, uh, not only when you when you were in high school and college, but also you know, at, at numerous high school programs, uh, creating a, a, a dynasty at Notre Dame College, creating a, 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 a respected Division One program at Kent State, uh, all Americans. Uh, at all these different levels, uh, Frank, tell me what what motivated you and what you brought to the sport that you thought was your your thing. Well, growing, growing up in Maple Heights uh, at that time, uh, wrestling was big. Sure, I mean, uh, um, I grew up in the fifties and sixties, and yeah. wrestling was big, and I gravitated towards it. I, I loved to play baseball, but I wasn't very big. Okay, I loved to play football. I was on the football team in junior high, but then when I got in high school, it was just I wasn't big enough, gotcha. and uh, it was agonizing because I, I had to quit the football team in tenth grade. I was on the team in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. Yeah. But then in high school, the guys got bigger, and I agonized over it because um, I said to myself, well, "What if they run me over and break my leg? Yeah. And I can't yeah. wrestle." Yeah. And so I had to tell the coach because I didn't want to really quit. Right. But I, I did. 
because gotcha. and it was a good it was a good choice because it worked out well. Sometimes you but, just got yeah, to. Yeah, you, it was you, it was hard. No choice. Yeah. But then once, um, you know, Coach Melkovich was such in 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 his assistants, Pat Palumbo, who's still Terrific my guy. mentor, and yeah. Bill Barrett was also one of my mentors. They were the assistant coaches, and they they is were, that raised dad. Uh, yes, yeah. Ray's dad. He was a state champ for them. Yes, yeah. his son was state champ. And yeah. also had, uh, Tommy Barrett was third, another son. And uh, it was just a special time. And you you know, you know, get caught up in it. And the Melkoviches were my friends, sure. Mike and his brothers. We grew up together. They would, they would uh, bring me to Canada and Big Mike's place in Canada and just – we're just all caught up in it, and it was it was a it's thing. family. It just, yeah, it was, it was very is much that, family. Is that what you yeah. is very that, much is family? That what, is that I your spend, special sauce? Yeah, is that what you bring to the? Yeah, to I the probably house. spend more time at the Melkovich house than I spent at my house. Sure, and, sure. Um, and uh, that was just a special time. It, it's hard to realize when you're that young how um, how poignant it is and how special it is until right. it's when then when it's over, you know. And, and all the Maple Lights people who wrestled feel the same way. It was just sure. a really special time, and uh, um, it was just it was unique. It was yeah. unique to be involved in something like that. Even even the years that maybe we were second in the state, right? Uh, I, I always always felt we were the best. Gotcha. Because that's how he made you feel. Yeah. That we were the best, and that just something happened. Maybe we didn't win. Like for example, my senior year. Mm-hmm. Maple Heights' wrestling team did not win the sectional, okay. did not win the district, hmm. but we won the state meet. Crazy. And and because um, he had confidence and we had enough firepower to to win the biggest tournament, even though yeah. cause Bedford was really good in those days. Oh, yeah. And we had beaten him in a dual meet. Was that Salupo? <clears throat> yeah. He Salupo. Well, he was a little later. Okay. Um, Salupo was a little later. Mike Salupo was a little bit later. Yeah. His father was an official. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bedford was very good. Yeah. Um, at that time, and Euclid was good too. And Euclid Clarence was Eckert. very good. Very, very and then good. You had Mike Matavina at yes. Cleveland Heights. Heights was good. You know, my yeah. my, uh, my uncle was the first state uh, was a state first state, state place winner for, in the history of them. For Cleveland Lenny Arslanian and yeah, yeah Arslanian brothers. Yeah, yeah well, sure. that's that's yeah. that's our cousins. Yeah. But my yeah. mother's uh, youngest brother Lenny mm-hmm. took third in '56. Yeah, those teams were really good back then, mm-hmm. and um, and it was just a special time. And you know, it was a real heyday for uh, sports, um, right? Because um, well, Cleveland was also city yeah. of champions. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you had yeah. the, the Browns fifth, were good. The Browns were winning titles yeah. all over the place. Yeah. You had Jimmy yeah. Brown running all mm-hmm. over the place. Otto Graham. Yeah. You had yeah. uh, you had the '54 yeah. Indians. Yeah. That while yeah. they lost, uh, yeah. they they won 111 games or something yeah. like that. And, yeah, they uh, won 111 games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you had this uh, this feeling in Cleveland that yes. we could do it. You know, yeah, city exactly champions. Right. Yeah. And then I'm I'm sure that that family feeling. So this is what I'm hearing is that yeah. it's family. And they were they were very. There were many ethnic groups. Each, sure. each different city had a certain ethnic group, whether they were right. Slovaks or Italians or Polish or uh, Hungarian or where they were. They were ethnic groups. Right, they were bonded. And, and they were really bonding, and they yeah. were mostly blue collar groups. Yes, not many yes. people had a lot of money. It's not like today. There, you know, it's it's just different today. There's well, you know, it's it's interesting too because <coughs> I, I I think about it, I, and you know, my father came mm-hmm. from 110th and Woodland. Yeah, there you go. Then moved yeah, to, to yeah. Beechwood. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, and mm-hmm. so I was one generation removed from right. the street. I still right. remember going back down there. Right. You know, yeah. the, today we have guys that are three, four generations removed from the street. Yeah, so they it's better than a fist fight. They, yeah. they, they yeah. just don't understand the physicality. No and fist so, fights today, right? You know what I mean? It's it's all words or lawyers, yeah. you know. Yeah. But anyhow, having said that, 
you know, this this is the thing. And I remember mm-hmm. coming in, you know, as coach, as a head coach, you know, the guy that I was my lead dog was Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, his dad was a street kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a tough street right. that grew up mm-hmm. and had to know how to <laughs> yeah, survive right. the street. Yeah. And so he was raised with that mentality. Now, granted, he had right. a, a beautiful mother that raised him, uh, you yeah. know, also to have, have some elegance. But the point I'm making is, is that a lot of these guys back in the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. and 90s still had dads that were, yes. were you know, were, 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 were those guys. And now, in this generation, you know, they haven't mm-hmm. sniffed the street. No, no. And so... The family thing, I think, is even more important today. Yeah, it is more important, you know, today. and that's yeah. why this this podcast. It, I've I've been driven to do this podcast, mm-hmm. this We Are Blood, mm-hmm. particularly in our sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on yes. the John Carroll sp- podcast, mm-hmm. and I know that you're now uh, helping out there. Yeah, volunteering. John and that Carroll. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they're mm-hmm. blessed to have you. But Mark said this is the only sport mm-hmm. that you can actually say mm-hmm. we bled for. Yeah, you bleed. You know what I mean? You bleed. <laughs> you, you, know, bleed. And, and, you know, and and we got to wipe it up. Yeah, and yeah. now we got to wipe it up with all this, you know, this yeah. gear and hazmats right. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, ble- bleeding yeah. and taking a kid's, yeah. you know, shirt and wiping it up. And, yeah. you know, and of course you got blood, sweat and yeah. tears. But yes. it's it's a it's a sport that we bleed for. But we are blood as yeah. as family members. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the other thing is uh, the generation, the parents were probably lived through World War II and exactly. the Depression, both. Yeah. Pretty tough people. Tough people, I yeah. Mean, to live Survivors. through a depression and a, and a world war, yeah. uh, you got to be pretty tough. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so the, they, do. the children of those people were, you know. Yep. But I'll tell you different. what, the people that we're attracting, mm-hmm. you know, even when I was at Beachwood and now at, at Chicken Falls, they want that. The yeah. kids want yeah, that. The yeah. parents want yeah. that. They want that yeah, bonding. People like they that. want that family. Yeah. Yeah. They want those boundaries. Yeah. They want that those those consequences yeah. for bad behavior. Yeah. They want the responsibility, the the, the 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 entire thing that really made us great mm-hmm. as a people and as a country. Yeah. I don't want to get too off yeah. the topic, but I see that from you. Yeah. Well, and people like structure, that. especially young you people. You give them structure, yep. and you give them you give them a reason. Yes. And as long as it's legitimate and and you have their back, they'll most of the people most of the people are pretty reasonable and they'll respond. Some well, some won't, but the majority will. Frank, I, I can't tell you that that is exactly yeah. what I what I yeah. what I'm all about, and that's most what this the, most is about. And I, and I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent And I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. yeah. Thank well, you for the good. stories. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, Thank you for your 50 years coaching. <laughs> 50 years. Yeah, pretty wild. Your, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, your your eight or ten years wrestling, yeah. and uh, and bringing all these incredible national champions yeah. to mm-hmm. our. Uh, area to the world, bringing some of these great stories and continuing at yes. my alma mater, John Carroll yeah, University. John Carroll, John Carroll's Blue had Streets. a long story tradition of wrestling. Um, it's their greatest sport at the, you know, no doubt. With all the All Americans they've had, I think they had over 110 All Americans. Absolutely. And many national champs. And amazing and, human beings, yeah. too. That yeah, definitely. That, I mean, you know. people who have contributed to society. Incredible. And uh, actually, even to the point where there's a dorm. Yes. Puselli Hall. I'm going to throw this in there real quick. Sure. Puselli Hall was built by my my two uncles. I'll be dying. And there's a plaque. I'll be dying. There's a plaque inside Puselli Hall. You will yeah. see their names. It's okay. Teresi. Okay. And um, I just talked to my cousin Jimmy. He's on the school board at uh, Mayfield Heights, and his wife's on the city council. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know. Maple Heights. That's yeah, my first cousin. Oh, yes. He's also oh, my sure. godfather. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jimmy Teresi. Yeah, godfather. great guy. I just talked to him an hour ago. Fantastic. And, uh, 
they're they're my his father, yes, Steve Teresi, and his brother Sam Teresi, my two uncles, my mother's brothers, right. were. Uh, they built that because they were in construction. They that's had a, the construction company for about 100 years. That's a beautiful and, story. Which was started by my grandfather in the early part of the 20th century. I love that. And um, so there's a lot of history. That that building was built in 35. Yes. Right? And they have a big yes. plaque there. And when they go inside, you can see the plaque. And yeah, so there's so there's some history there. And um, and um, and now you're doing your thing. Well, yeah, we're doing our thing, and yeah. you know they're they're carrying on. Yes, they're carrying okay. on. And you've got a you've got a bison over there, Sammy Gross. Good luck yeah. to Sammy Gross. Yeah, yeah. This Sammy year. Gross. Uh, and shout out to Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> shout out to Sammy. Um, and so thank you to the Romano thank you. family. Thank, thank you. you to the Teresi family. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Frank, uh, again, you're welcome here anytime. Thank you very much. I appreciate. We it. are blood with Coach Frank Romano. This is Coach Cimarroni. Love to all. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, barrier foams, and disinfected tablets, all these and more, as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family, and all of the team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all of your protection needs through these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. Thought of the day, stay safe, strong, have faith, and win the day. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 